welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so excited. Uh, This is one of those days where I'm recording like a couple of episodes and I'm talking to some of my favorite people. So I'm wicked jazz. I'm a little extra excited. So you can just tell me, tone it down over to the KK, getting a little too excited over there. But I am like, I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend, Licia. And Licia Morelli, look, I, I can, I always, so I do two things. I'm going to read a little bit of the official bio so you guys get the gist. And then I'm going to, I always at, like to ask my guest, Licia, to you, you tell me about you too. I don't usually like to read the bio, but I just want to land, land a couple of things just so I don't forget and I don't forget to ask and then you can expand on like whatever you want. So cool thing, like we're both writers, I love that, but you're a best-selling author. Uh, you wrote a book called The Lemonade Hurricane and it's a story of mindfulness and meditation. And it was a 2016 main literary award winner, which is wicked cool. And I love this because it's a children's book, right? And look, here's what I feel about children's books. Adults still read them in their own way. And every time, usually, unless you have a kid that's of reading age, the adult is reading it to the kid and getting something from it too. So I love that you did a book on meditation and mindfulness, so we can circle back to that. Um, You're also, this is what I'm so excited about, your most current and recent mad scientist project, which is the best. (laughs) which is um, the release of your new press, Cardinal Moon Press, which is a publishing house for the modern day writer and the modern age. And we're going to totally dive into that. We're going to totally geek out. You guys, I'm just a little fair warning. You got two writers hanging out together. It might get a little weird in here. So it's really good. Your writing's been featured and publishes weekly in Boston Magazine, Barnes and Noble, Elephant Journal, and The Rumpus, which I love, by the way. Uh, you're shacked up with your old man, your husband. You got two kids. Uh, you live on the coast of Maine. And uh, you believe the world would be a better place if everyone trusted their guts and ate more chocolate chip cookies. And so one of the things in your bio that I find fascinating, and I told you, we were just shooting the shit beforehand, you guys. And I said to her, I'm not going to bring this up now. I'm going to wait till we're live and we're like filming. So it says here that as a, you're a retired psychic. <laughs> so first of all i grew up in a family so i'm an irish an irish kid right but my my step family who i don't even use the word step but just so you don't understand why i don't look like them they're italian and portuguese and so my nana who was italian i grew up in a suspicious household who believed in like the maluki and doing the evil eye ceremonies and sprinkling fucking sea salt on the windowsills and boiling the water till it forms a serpent's head with the pins and like all the stuff. So I grew up in a family that believed in tarot card readers. We, so I totally believe that we all have sixth sense, but some of us are a little more attuned and dialed in. But what I found funniest about this, 
I'm like, how does one actually retire? So like you <laughs> might retire from the business because you did this for like 15 years, yeah. but you did, you can't retire from the gift. So can we talk about this a little bit? We can. There's a few things, Karen, that we need to actually reconcile. <laughs> Number one, I, my mom, her side of the family, all Irish, McAllen. They are oh, the McAllens, all Irish, and then my dad's all Italian. So like <laughs> you and I, like I, it, anytime I meet somebody who's Irish and Italian, we are sort of a special sort of like there is a special kind of thing going on. So I just had to name that and I love it so much. And so the other thing is, is that my Italian, my great grandmother in Italy, because my grandmother came from Italy when she was 12 to the United States. But my great grandmother, when they lived in Italy, was the evil eye undoer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what my nana would do. So my dad would be like, Ma, he'd get on the phone. He'd be like, Ma, I'd like call her. We both, you know, we lived in Lawrence, but like across the city from each other, he'd be like, Ma, I got a headache. And so the Malouk, for those of you who don't know, so I'm, I'm not Italian by blood, just by family influence. So that's why I'm, I'm a, I talk with my hands and I'm like, hey, fuck you, like, ah, you know, but I'm being the whole thing. But I'm an Irish guy. I just, I just have this weird influence. But anyways, but he would be like, ma, I got a headache. And it would, so what people believe, you guys, the evil eye is when somebody has cast a curse on you, they're jealous of you or they're not wishing you well, or there's some sort of envy, some weird thing going on. It's like being cursed. And so you had to call the evil eye lady and have her do the ceremony. And then she would tell you when the curse is lifted and the headache goes away. So I love that you also know what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Is that amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> so growing up though, we were not a psychic family. I was like, I was the one who made shrines to my deceased relatives in my room and would have conversations with them. <laughs> and like, every, my, I mean, you have to understand, Karen, my dad is in, he, he was like in corporate America in the math, like accounting side. My mom is a college professor. Both oh. my brothers are in finance. Like I was like the wing nut that was like, uh, you know, <laughs> so, like, so I grew up loving all of this stuff, and, and then I embarked on this career of... Okay, like, but so how yeah. does one dis discover, <laughs> oh, I'm a psychic, A, A, I'm a psychic, B, I'm going to make my living doing this. Like, that's a really big, like, I'm not even going to say leap. I mean, you must have had a strong gift that you were able to do it as your, I'm assuming, your solo business for like 15 years or something. Yeah. So what happened was, is that like college, there was the tarot card parties before we'd go out to the bars. Right. <laughs> and then there was like, after college, you know, at dinner parties, sort of more of the tarot cards. I didn't even know what the tarot cards meant, Karen, because I would get the messages and I'd be like the sun. And then I would see, because I'm a clairvoyant, I would see something and I would be like, oh, got it. Okay. So here's the information that this card, I am not a tarot card reader. That's like, fantastic. I don't Just know. Just a tool. They were like a tool for they you were, to be able to, like a divination. You were able to yeah. like deliver. Violated, right? Gotcha. But what did it for me was I lived in a very haunted house in Longmont, Colorado. I and, love and it. And so my husband and I lived in this house. And then in the basement, our friend 
lived with us and she rented the basement apartment. Okay, okay. For a second there, I was like, no. is this your <laughs> friend or like your friend? Was this no, your my friend? friend? We needed help with the rent. I, I just had my son. I'm with you. Needed, there was a basement apartment. She lived downstairs and she was a professional psychic in Colorado. So I'm she me. was already working as a psychic. She did a whole like program and like all this stuff. So she was the first person where I started taking classes from. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, okay. As I dial more into this and practice it, because this is what I always hot tip for everybody. You are psychic. And the more you work that muscle, the more psychic you get. Right. So I started working the muscle. I was doing like readings for a dollar a minute. What? That would like, God damn, Karen, they would last for like ever. I would be like, well, that's 300 minutes later. Cause people would just keep asking questions and I had terrible boundaries. So I was like, Okay, I'll just keep it. But would you charge them the full amount? Yes, yes. I oh, good, good, good. That's good, though. Yeah, it was good. So I started doing this, and then I started seeing my, my husband and I would be like, oh, my God, this house is so haunted. We didn't realize it. So long story short, I got a job at PsychicSource.com, right? This was Fantastic. 2010. Fantastic. <laughs> I was psychic. <laughs> you're like, who was the Jamaican, the Jamaican woman from back in the day you would call? And she would like, I'm like, I love it. So like people would phone you. They would call and oh. I would get a message from Psychic Source that would say, <laughs> you have three minutes to do the psychic reading. Cause you know, they're like $4.95 a minute. So I was getting like $2 a minute. The company oh. was getting so much money, whatever. And so the person would have three minutes that they would have bought. And so I get, it, it made me really fast. Oh my God. I bet it is. Yeah. These wacky calls always about, it was always marriage or sex money. Of course. Career, of course. Like, all of it. So I just got really like fast. Right. Oh, but I love it because I know that that developed a muscle that ha it has helped you yeah. and other, and other Everything. things. Done. Everything. So finally, I build this little side business. I quit psychicsource.com because I like will never forget the first time somebody hired me for like a private session from learning about me and my website from, you know. So I start this little business, then I take Marie, Marie Forleo's B school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my career just skyrocketed. I, I just saw a post of yours, like when I was doing your doing your social media links for you know posting on the thing. And when you go to Facebook and you just type in your name, there's like a B school post from like 2014 or 13 or whatever. And I was just like cracking up because so many of us have done like B school. You know, it's like oh, yeah. so many. And those B school posts were amazing. I used to do psychic readings <laughs> in B school. I would get like 200 comments. It was awesome. It was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. 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 So, so, all right. So go ahead. <laughs> so I'm like becoming really well known, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm hobnobbing with like Colette Baron Reed and Dougal <laughs> Frazier and Lauren Rainbow and yeah. you know, like, it's, oh, you know, Lauren, I know. Yeah, Lauren. She's amazing. And so I'm like doing all this, doing all this, things are going well. I go from like 600 extra dollars or a thousand extra dollars a month to five or seven thousand wow. extra dollars a month. I'm, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one sessions. I'm doing all this stuff. And then I get diagnosed with stage three cancer in my neck of all places. So like, hi, 
my <laughs> communication. Oh, you think there's something there in the throat chakra, maybe? <laughs> maybe. So all this time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. Then I get sick, and I, I never take a break. I just like keep going. I keep going. And finally, I, I went through. So I had three surgeries, and then I had chemo. And I actually, the chemo almost killed me because I was allergic to it. Ah. So then I have this like my heartbeat was like at 30 beats per minute. And it was, I mean, it was just as bad. So I, I get out of that. I'm done with the chemo and I wake up one day and I'm like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I do not think this is my past. And I should mention throughout my entire life from eight years old until, you know, today at 40 writing and storytelling has always been my number one thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so what happened was, is that all my psychic readings were, they were great. People were really happy. Um, you know, it was very rare that somebody wanted, you know, to not work with me or it yeah, wasn't yeah. flowing. So I, I was really good, but a part of it was because I was able to storytell with yes. the reading of yes. like, <laughs> so, so I like, retire because wow. Go ahead. I decided just because, you know, and this is something I say to everybody, like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, doesn't mean you should. And I just knew that if I kept going, it, it would be the energetic demise. Wow. And one of the things, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough thing sometimes like being um, also a verbal step storyteller as well as like a writing storyteller because so my one of my writing mentors uh, Andre I say mentors but people are like what is she trying to say <laughs> uh, my writing mentor uh, Andre Debus the third he talks about that when you are writing a story or a book like you're pregnant with it yeah and he's like you you know he doesn't tell anybody jack shit like he his first reader is his wife and she might have to wait three to four years to like see some stuff you know yeah. so he doesn't share it with anybody and so he says and and i do believe this that if you have a story you're trying to write but you're constantly telling the story it diffuses the urgency to sit your ass down and get it on the page yeah. And I think that sometimes, especially in this day of social media content, where everybody thinks they have to fucking post every day, everything, like tell us every little thing all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're a writer, that's dangerous because you get the fix. You get yeah. the fix by doing a post rather than actually putting it into your project. Yes. The fix. I know. And it's like, oh, I wrote today. And it's like, yeah. yeah, but is it going towards the thing that is most important to you? And so actually this week's episode that's going to drop, well, you know, people are going to, it'll have already passed. So <laughs> you know, for those of you who are watching and listening, today is like June 4th or whatever. So the episode that drops tomorrow, and for me, it's, it's all about the ability to simplify. And Hans Hoffman has a beautiful quote that I love where he says, um, the ability to, well, to simplify means to basically, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says it's, it's basically to get rid of the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. Mm. And what happens is if you're a writer, there's a necessary story that's waiting to be told. And if you're dicking around over here on Instagram and social media and Facebook, if you're dicking around over here, like doing little things, it's like the urgency gets... It, it burns off and it's like, oh, I wrote. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't write for the book today. Right. Or the essay right. collection or the poetry or like whatever the thing is. So right. here you are as a kid. So, 
So this is, I'm so great, glad that you brought up writing. So I guess the, the one question though I do want to ask you is that um, you're retired in the sense that you don't do it physically anymore. It's not your job, but you yeah. still have access to the gift. Like you were saying, like we're all, like I always laugh when people are like, I'm an empath. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. So is everybody fucking else in the world. It's just some of us have encouraged and nurtured those things. Yeah. Some of us. So if you were going to give advice or I know personally, one of my spiritual kids, as I call them, uh, one of my younger female clients who's one of my spiritual kids, she's really right now stepping into her intuitiveness and learning mm -hmm. how to use her gifts. So is there anything that you would say to people about learning to trust that muscle or build that muscle? Yeah. So here are my hot tips. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hot, hot tips. I wish I had a great tips. Like, can there be a graphic for that? Yeah, I wish I, <laughs> wish I could. I'm like all these pointing things right now. I'll do it for you. Okay. So the first thing is, is that identify, are you clairvoyant, meaning you see images? Are you clairaudient, meaning you hear things? Or are you clairsentient, meaning you feel things? And the easiest way, and this is so fun, and you can play a little game, to identify this is think about a couple of things. The first is think about the last time that you thought of a song and then got in your car and the song was on, you know, now it's like satellite radio. Sure. Right? That is psychic activity. So then what you think to yourself is, how did I come up with that? Did I hear it? Did I see it, like the name of it? Or did I feel into the fact that I know this song makes me feel like this and I could identify the song, right? That's going to help you kind of figure out what you are. The other thing is, is think about a time where maybe you haven't talked to a friend in a really long time. And then that day they text you or they call you or they email you out of the blue. Think about how you kind of identified that friend in your mind. Like, did you hear their voice? Did you see a picture of them? Or did you feel their presence around you? And then you get this, this communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you do these things and you identify in these small everyday ways how your psychic ability works, then the next step is trust it when it happens. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right? No. So, mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, uh, you go ahead. I you. <laughs> when you're identifying this and you're trusting it, you're going to see it more and more and more. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then the last thing I tell people is it's a language of metaphors that you, it's, <laughs> I would always say to people like, okay, I have an image of you climbing a mountain. I do not think you're going to go climb a mountain, Karen. I do not think that. I think you are going to have a steep climb to something new and you're and then you're you're sort of listening to your own intuition of like what does that metaphor mean mm -hmm. not only to you but to, so that you you're like yes. an interpreter right so those are the three things to look for as you're working with intuition because it it really is something that you can then employ like you said earlier i use it every single day i bet you do so many things yes I mean, I think it's so fascinating because so much of what you're saying relates to a spiritual practice, but also to writing. Yeah. So, and of course in miracles, right? Those of you who know, long time student, we would call all the clairvoyant, all this stuff in Jesus walking on water, like all the stuff that we sometimes call miraculous, we would call magic, yeah. right? We'd call it like the magic of this illusion that we're in. So we all have access to it, which I think is really cool. But one of the things that you're, you keep saying is you're like, notice, 
you're like, like, think about how did you feel about really what you're saying is pay fucking attention, right? So it's like, pay attention. And so um, Henry James has a quote that I love that I keep taped to my other computer, my writing computer that says, um, uh, try to be the kind of person upon whom nothing is lost. Mm. And that is such good advice for writers. I tell all my writers, like you guys, you have to pay attention. The, the, one of the great ways that we show love is to be present and to pay attention. But also like what you're saying is pay attention. How do I hear these things? It happens to me all the time. And I always, I always say to people, I always say I yell at people. I don't. I'm just enthusiastic when I talk, right? You know, Italian Irish kids, you know how it goes. We're constantly using like, hey, like, yeah. So I always say, like, don't make God your fucking errand boy. Like, that's not his job, right? But I will, I will say to my spiritual team, or I'll just have a question. Like, it'll be so random. I'll just make something up. It'll be like, um, who first made the recipe for fluffanata, right? I'll be like, whatever. Where did it come from? I guarantee you, within 24 to 48 hours, I will get the answer through some really random thing. There'll be, I think, a thing, an ad will pop. Like, oh, and I laugh, and I'm like, spiritual team is always on it. So yeah. when I start to work with people in spiritual mentoring, a lot of times they'll say to me, oh, my God, spiritual team on the job. And I'm like, guys, it's not like they're getting better at the gig. <laughs> You're paying better attention. And they'll be like, oh my God, KK, I'm getting universal signs all the time now. I'm like, no, always. <laughs> you just weren't paying attention. So true. Right? So true. I used to always tell people, um, so your guides and angels and whoever's out there helping you out, um, they're like sitting at the bus stop bored as hell because you're not asked. They want to help you. They Seriously. want to get on the bus. They want to travel to where you are. They want to give you the information, except now they're like, just waiting. I sometimes jokingly say, because do you remember a movie from back, back, let's see, it must've been like 1985 or six called the lost boys. Yes. Vampires. Okay. I was obsessed. Still, I'm not going to lie. I'm still obsessed with that movie. <laughs> and so I always relate it kind of like, uh, I'm always like, you guys, like, think of it like vampires. They can't come in unless you invite them, right? You got to invite them into the party, you know? <laughs> like, because they're not going to force upon you. They're not going to take, I'm like, you have to willingly participate in this relationship. Like, that's how it gets done, okay? That's how it gets done. All right, and so. writing, writing is the, for me, it's the fastest venue. For tapping, and that's the thing, like, I thought it was fascinating because Joan Didion always says, I don't write, I don't write to, I'm paraphrasing, I don't write to, to, to discover what I already think. Right. I write to tap into, like, what do I really think and believe? What do yeah. I feel? And yeah. so writing is a really good way in to discovery for the self, you know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. so, all right, so a couple, a couple of things I want to, I want to talk about um, here too, to circle back to this, because um, some people might not know this, which I think it's amazing. So the wonderful Kate Northrup, who, um, yeah, I just had the pleasure at speaking, sharing a stage with at, at Amber Lillystrom's uh, Ignite Your Soul Summit. And you two were sitting behind me in the row behind me the whole time, cackling and giggling like little <laughs> little schoolgirls. It was like the best. I kept going like, I kept turning around like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Cause you have like so much fun together, but you were basically like, uh, like, you know, running the empire over there for the last three years. So technically like, I'll let you talk about it. So, and you can just, you know, talk about it as much as you want, but how did you and Kate meet? And like, how did that happen that you were running uh, the company? Yeah. So Kate and I are part of this 
mastermind here in Maine that our friend Carrie Montgomery put together. I think it was five years ago now. We've yeah, been meeting been monthly for five years. So I didn't know Kate before the mastermind. I, I didn't even know Carrie. She just invited me to be a part of it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And so again, it's like, like you say, like, let me meet who I'm going to meet, you know? Yes. So at the time I was doing my psychic business, but when I closed the doors, you know, we were, we had been in the mastermind for about a year and a half together. And it started where, you know, I started consulting as a copywriter for other companies and for startups. I worked for a bra company for a while and wrote their copy. Oh, I so love much, that. It was so much fun. And then it was a startup and a traditional startup with venture capital and all of that. And then I was, you know, copywriting some for Kate and, and what happened was, is that over time, she, um, she needed what was to be a community manager for her membership group that she was starting. And so she called me and thought of me and was like, I'd love you to do this. Well, within the first two months, we realized like there was so much more I could be doing. And, and so, but so where did you get that skill set from to be able to run the online empire though? Like, would, <laughs> did she just see things in you or like, had you gathered some skill? I mean, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, somebody once said, and this is my favorite quote and I feel like it sums it up. So I'm just going to say it. Somebody once said about me. What Lysia doesn't know about marketing and business doesn't need to be known. <laughs> okay, but so did you. So what happened was, is I have gathered, Karen, since like after college, I have gathered experiences from all kinds of business ventures, nonprofit management, sales management, marketing, and you know. Okay, so you stuck around long enough to be dangerous. Like you pulled, yeah, extracted I, what you I, needed. Yeah, this is how we know, like, like I always say to people, like the squiggly path, like yeah. you, you never know, like you, you think like, oh, I worked here for like six months or a year yeah. and what the fuck? And your family just thinks that you're like, like just, <laughs> you're just irresponsible and you don't know what you're doing because right. there's a divine plan where right. you're actually gathering, you're walking around going, I'll take that screwdriver. Oh, I yep. want those needle nose pliers. Yep. And we may not know what we're doing at the time. Right. But all the dots are going to connect eventually. Yeah. They're all going to connect eventually. And they did in this job. It was yeah. obvious within the first few months. Like, I'll never forget it. Kate, Mike, and I were sitting in their living room and I had spelled out like a whole strategic plan. And, you know, we were talking about the structure of things. And, yeah. and Kate was like, well, we just need somebody to run the company. And Mike was like, well, it should be Alicia. And that's how it was born. And so they were here, right? They were the visionaries. And then I was the day-to-day decision-making get operations, done. get shit done, you know? And so it, and so what was born of that was her membership origin. And it was such a beautiful thing to be a part of because um, we, we built it soup to nuts and yes. designed it and, you know, created pathways in the company for other monetary influences and things. And then the second part of that was that she wrote do less while yes. I was managing everything. So yes. I was able to kind of, you know, help with that part of things. So it really was three amazing years of 
putting every experience I've ever had within industries to one job. And it really showed me What's a lot about what I know. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I get, I get so excited. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so um, but what I love most about that is it starts to show you what you know, and then it's like, oh, I've got this other assignment now, this, this, this divine call, right? We, of course, remember, <laughs> we call it the individual curriculum. Yes. And now the good news is, no, like, Kate, you know I love you. Uh, that, that's how you and I met is Kate invited me to go to one of her origin events last year. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it was last year. Yeah. And, and so that's how you and I met. And I was like, oh, fellow writer, like a poet, like you got up and did a little poetry yeah. welcome. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, so cool. That's how you and I became aware of each other. But now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got all these things that I can now apply to my calling, my, my divine, you know, individual curriculum, which is so exciting to me. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit. So do you, so I always say to people, I love to ask this question. How do you first and foremost identify? Like, and I'll just give an example. A lot of people, as soon as they become a mother, they're like, well, I'm a mom. Right. I'm a this, I'm a that. So if you yeah. were going to, you know, like, again, I, whatever you want to leave, but there's no wrong answer here. I just, how yeah. do you, how do you first and foremost, like see yourself? Uh, as a writer. Yeah. yeah. So that's like the first, yeah. So I, that's I'm, the first thing somebody asks me, that, yes. what do you, who are you? I'm a writer. Yes. I'm, yeah. See, I, I resonate with that. And so I yeah. always say like, you know, yeah, writer, speaker, spiritual mentor, da, da. but I, I most, I think, and I actually, the first thing I identify as, and I'm not being all like, or really, I, I say child of God, like that's my first yeah. one. Oh, that's and good. then, but it's like, <laughs> as I always say storyteller, like storyteller, I am a writer too, but it like, I'm a, I love to tell stories like storytelling. And that's the thing that like, we both have a mutual um, love of words and, and, yeah. and the power of words. And, the, and, and really what it is, is the power of voice. And it's so important right now, especially, um, I think for women, um, women of all kinds, women of color, women who come from different, like, like there's a lot of not, um, women voices, female voices being, um, there are, there are, like, I'm not going to say there aren't a lot, cause hello, there's a lot of women that came before us that already did it, yeah. but I'm so excited about what's possible now that you have Cardinal Moon Press. And so where did that dream or like, like the timing of it? Cause all of a sudden it was like, boom, I'm doing this thing. So yeah. can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, <sighs> So to kind of reflect back of like, so I started picking up all this more information, you know, working with Kate and, you know, it was such a beautiful experience. And then that started winding down. And as it was winding down, um, you know, I knew I was furthering my education for myself, not for any other reason with my writing yeah. by embarking on an MFA. Right. But I knew that there was like a secondary piece. I always saw like things walking forward side by side. Like the writing is for me. Yes. And people can read it. That's great. But I've never embarked to be like the next Elizabeth Gilbert. Like I've never, I've never put that up on my, you know, visioning of like, I need to be a famous writer. I want voices to be heard. So yes. for me, the thing that always felt passionate about me was like, oh, 
uh, have you read this person? Have you read this person? Oh my God. Cause I think the secondary thing I would say is I'm a reader, right? So I'm a writer and I'm a reader. And then I will hand you a book and I will hand you a title and I will be like, you have to read this. Right. And I think you're also, um, I'm being rude. I, I just want to acknowledge I'm being rude <laughs> and interrupting you, but you're also a connector, I think a match. Yes. Yeah. So I want, and I want op opportunities for people to connect with voices they may not have necessarily heard or heard of. Right. Yeah. So, so what happened was, is that I, I'm in the last year, well, I'll just say it. I'm just going to be out with it. Yeah. In the last year, I have witnessed with just like five different authors, sexism, racism, ableism, <clears throat> ageism, right? All in the publishing industry. So meaning, you know, these writers who have tried to get their voices heard and they were either deflected, turned down or whatever, based on the color of their skin, the color of the, their, their gender identification, their age, like all these things. Yeah. And so you're hearing these stories and some part of you is like, and I'm joking, like, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the system, fuck the man. Like, why do, why does this thing exist? You might not have said it that aggressively, right. but like uh, all these gatekeepers are kind of yeah. like standing at the gate telling the artist what's worthy or valuable. Yep. That is what is happening. So I am in my mind, I am sitting there going, what what is happening and i and my friend would would laugh because i'd like slam my hand i'm <laughs> generally a friendly person karen <laughs> i like might be animated and use my voice and yell a little bit but whatever like i'm not like an aggressive yeah like, my one friend always makes fun of me she's like okay i know you're nice but can you mean it up just a little today because this is what's happening and i'd be like <laughs> but like i would be enraged at these stories at the injustice of what these women were telling me yeah and men right and i would just sit there and be like god no and then <laughs> i was talking to somebody and i was like going on about it and i had recently realized that i was in the back acknowledgement section of three or four books randomly that i did not realize that i was in the back of like a couple of them i knew about but like the in, other the, two, in the acknowledgments when the author was thanking yeah, people, thanking people, I'm like, whoa, there's my name. Like, how did that happen? And it, in that discovery, it clicked for me of like, perhaps my thing is to actually do the, because you'd only see in the acknowledgments, usually like the publishing companies, sure. you know, it's like the, that. Perhaps what I'm already being thanked for is the thing that I should actually be doing. Yeah, and to be perhaps if, yes. if, and if I'm watching these injustices, instead of sitting there and complaining about it, <laughs> why don't I do something about it? Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. So well, instead of just getting your panties in a bunch, do something right. about the wedgie, right? It's like, right. <laughs> right. It's like you can exactly. keep bitching about it or you can be the solution or part of the solution. Yeah. And so my, and that was how Cardinal Moon Press was born. And, and there were some things that were really important to me. And the one was, you know, an inclusive nature of, I want writers that don't conform to, you know, I'm a writer that has to get up at five 30 in the morning to write. You I kids. can't just like sit all day and write at my computer. That's, I don't get, because you have kids and you have things to take care of. And I have jobs, you know, like I have like yeah. things I have to take care of. Right. And so I think that's the thing is that the business side of writing takes up my day and also my family. And so I have to get up. I can't have a leisurely like 
Hemingway life of like drinking my whiskey and typing away starting at 7 a.m. Like that's not going to work for me. And so like I started thinking about all the writers I know and many of us do not write as our main vocation. We write, we fit the writing in, we have our work that we're working on. And so I started thinking about like, who is this person? And, and so I just, I just wanted it to be, you know, inclusive of like, I wanted a publishing company that was inclusive and diverse in their voices and that was not sexist, racist, ableist, ageist, or any of or classist. That's the other big one, the classist. Yeah, so, so this is what I'm curious about, right? Because I understand, obviously, I've been around the business for a long time too, and it's like um, watching all the different ways, right? Self-publishing, um, like the Hay House, uh, like spend, you know, what, what's their, what's their, um, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. What's the offshoot of them that's not Hay House, but it's the other one where you can. Oh, they're self-publishing? Yeah, it's called. Balboa. Yeah, yeah Balboa, Balboa Press. So there's Balboa Press, which is like, whatever. There's so many, and then there's traditional, which used to be the big six, the big five, now it's the big four. Yeah. The big four traditional publishing houses, right? So there's lots of different ways to do this. And so we know usually in, tra in traditional old school, big four traditional publishing houses, this is where an agent comes in, right? So mm -hmm. then there's that whole other piece of like, you know, sometimes they want a full manuscript. Sometimes they want to see, you know, uh, you know, a draft. Sometimes they want to see a little clip of it or a taste of it, whatever. And so what you're doing, because I want people at home who, like somebody's listening right now and getting excited because they're like, yeah. oh my God, this sounds like an amazing press and like what's a person got to do I've got a story and I'm in the business of like in spiritual mentoring your story to your glory is helping people to transform their stories so I end up working with a lot of writers yeah um but so there's somebody at home is getting excited so when you talk about like you're a modern um a publishing house for the modern writer in the modern age yeah. So are there no agents involved? How are you doing the editing piece? Like, what does it look like? So I essentially am setting it up like publishers used to do it, right? So you pitch me your book, right? You, you go through the proposal process. Maybe you email me first and you say, I have a book. And then I said, we don't publish that type of book or we do, right? Yes. Like, give me, this is the proposal. And can you time. tell us, can you tell us, sorry, again, I'm going to keep asking you a lot of yeah. questions. What, what a lot of times in, you know, an agent, I'm not talking about public house, but an agent will say, these are, these are the, the, the kind of stories that I represent. This is the work that I'm looking for. So can you tell us what um, Cardinal Moon Press is, is, uh, re represents? So we represent, um, uh, what I like to call nonfiction, but sort of can be that can be self-help, but also, you know, if somebody has a book that they're writing about the environment, I want to know about that too. Like, so it covers both of like, it's more literary self-help. I want a lot of data and a lot of a life experience in that thing. Like, rather than just like, I made up this philosophy, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, want... Yeah. <laughs> It's data-driven experiential kind of stuff. But is, is, right. there any, is there any memoir in there? There, you know, I, I'm curious. I mean, I love a memoir. I would love to publish a memoir. So if people are, if, if people want to bring me their one memoir, it's funny because I feel, I'll just name it, like, I, it's like memoir to me is, I just think it's the most magnificent genre. Yeah, of course. Like, of course. Us memoir writers. Like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, me, no shit, I'm a memoir writer, right? Right. It feels very like, 
Ooh, you know, so yes, I would absolutely, that would fall under the nonfiction. Okay. So, you know, self-help, you know, like I'm reading, um, the uninhabitable earth right now. Like that's amazing. Also memoir. Great. Yeah. Um, poetry? And also, poetry. Yeah. And that's the other one. Poetry. Yeah. Well, yeah. so you're great loves, like you're great loves, right? Great so, loves. You're not, so you're not a publishing house for fiction writers. No, because there's so many publishing houses that do fiction so well that I, I really want to hone in to the things that I know I can do really well. Um, and so I'll leave the fiction to the people that. Yeah. So the cool thing is it sounds like you're skipping a step and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, in a good way. Yeah. No agent to represent you. It's basically this, this, um, opportunity to have like, face-to-face, hat-to-hat, like connection to say, I'm a writer, great, I'm a publishing house, let's see if we're a good fit. And people have to understand that not everything's going to be a good fit. And it's not a rejection of the person or their worth or their value. It's just, I represent this, right? Right. And so the skipping of the agent, but then I assume you have uh, people who aren't watching this, I'm doing air quotes, um, (laughs) quote-unquote in-house editors, you're going to have editors too. Yep. So, so one so stop that. shopping, you get the book, you can do the, the art, the cover art, all that stuff. All that stuff. This is like, we are tradition. We are a traditional publisher in that. So Karen, you come to me, you say, this is the book I've got. Do you want to publish it? I say, yes, this is magnificent. We begin the writing process. Part of my job and part of publishing's old job used to be to nurture the story as the writer wrote it. So you would send pages to me and I would read them and deepen you into that writing and support you on your idea path. What happens now is it's sort of like you get a, you get a contract and some publishers do help, but not a lot. Like you, you kind of are on your own and I don't want that, which is why it will, you know, it's like, I can't take on 50 writers in a year because I don't want you to feel like I'm not working with you on a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So let's say you're going to get like, so this is going to go out, however many people hear it. And there's going to be like, as the more you, cause I think you were just on Amber's podcast too. So the more <laughs> people hear this, I'm like, okay, submissions are going to be fucking on the way. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like how, how many projects a year or manuscripts a year are you thinking um, you could, you, your, your company, your publishing house can take on? So it, it, the, the initial amount, I'm looking at three to five a year. So it's not huge. I would love to scale that over time. Yeah. Um, but I think in order, because of what I want to do and because it, it's, it's something where, you know, the other piece to it is that I want to be able to help the, the writers promote their book. I, I uh, want to get you introduced to podcasts. I want you to yeah. succeed with your book. Like, if I get one more author telling me that they're not getting supported as their book comes out in the world, it breaks my heart because yes, I understand that not like there's maybe not enough resources or maybe not enough people for all the books that are coming out in the world all the time. But as a publisher, that's one of my tenants is that number one, I want the writer to be writing about the story they want to write. Yes. Not what I, not what the market deems popular. I use the example of Moby Dick every time. Like if Herman had come to his publisher and said, I got this story. It's about a whale. <laughs> and the publisher was like, Ooh, sorry. We're really into vampires this year. Yeah, Could yeah, you yeah, change yeah, it yeah. to a vampire? Like, no people. The, the, 
the people have spoken that and that's where like the psychic hits come in of like what hit you about this story what's that you necessary what's necessary right and then my job is to really fine tune that with you and help you dig into it yeah deeper, deeper all right there's so many interesting layers here so um and for the folks at home who are listening i hope especially the writers and i'm gonna do a little when i when i actually promote this i'm gonna be like writers pay attention <laughs> Because no, because I think, um, you, you know, like some people do their podcasts and they're thinking like, what's the value I can just, you know, leave for my readers. And I don't, I don't just be like, I'm not a person who I call it like prescriptive memoir where I'm going to tell a story and then I'm going to tell you what you should have learned from that story. Right. Yeah. I'm like, just fucking pay attention and take notes. Like you'll glean what you need to know from this. So I don't want to have to keep doing like what, what she's saying right now is this. So I'm like, I just let my listeners listen and they're going to take away what they're supposed to take away. But so one of the things that I'm hearing um, that I find fascinating is that so most writers, most, I'm not saying all, but most writers are hardcore introverts, okay? They like to be alone. They like, like we both laughed about the fact that we had, you know, like, oh, makeup, like I gotta do a video, like I gotta brush my hair and like do shit. Because we, we're like, I'm like sitting in a weird little closet right now and that makes me happy. Like being alone with books and words like totally makes me happy. So then now the task is, well, now not only do you have to be a brilliant writer and like get all this stuff down, then you have to build your platform. Then you have to know how to market. Then you have to figure out like where I'm going to do my, my book tour and like, do, oh my God, did I build enough relationships with the booksellers? And how do I do all that? So more and more and more and more writers, the impetus is being put on them to not only write a book, but to market the book. And it's a shame because, and that's why I think a lot of people are turning towards self-publishing, mm -hmm. which can be amazing in that you mostly, once you pay the edit, for the love of God, hear me loud and clear. If you self-publish, get a fucking editor. Yeah. Not, not your brother-in-law, not your sister. Hire a professional editor, hire somebody to actually do, and you can talk about this. I see you shaking your head. Like she's over there, like on fire, like, mm-hmm. Yes, so, the like, editors. Somebody do, so you want to talk about that a little bit? Editors, here's the God's honest truth. And some of the writers out there might disagree with me, but I listen to my, mostly 80% of what any editor tells me to fix, change, or redo. That is their job. That is their craft. That is their art. And you don't want to put a book out there if you're self-publishing that has mistakes in it. Oh, or like Amen. incongruency. Any reader is going to get that and be like, nope, nope. I 100%. If my sweetie will be like, if it once there's like too many typos, he will, he'll be like, nope. Because he's like, they didn't care enough um, enough to check it. Yeah. So what's the qual? You know what I mean? So yeah. like, like, re like, look, I'm just telling you, right, is if, if you want to self-publish, just do it right. And one of the gifts of self-publishing is you get to keep most of the money. What people don't yeah. realize in traditional publishing is that a book sells for $24.99 hardcover and the author gets like a buck a book. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there's and, and and so I'm just saying for those of you who are at home, like, so you're like this beautiful blend, like you answer, you answer the need. And that's part of your skill set is that you were able to listen, generously mm -hmm. listen to hear what was missing what's missing from this scenario, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, because most writers don't want to have to do the marketing. I'm lucky enough that I, like, I, I, I tell people I'm an introvert, nobody believes me. And then, and then one of my coaches once said to me, I think actually you're an ambivert. 
which means you, you yeah. are both. You have a yeah. little bit of both. And because I used to say I'm an introvert who makes herself do extroverted things, um, which is true though, because as soon as, as soon as the crowd experience is done, I can't wait to get the fuck out of there. Like, I just want to go back to being alone in my room, you know? So um, I make myself come out and do these things and I, I, can, I can enjoy it. And then I've had enough and then I need to go back. So I guess yeah. what I'm saying is if you, if you naturally don't like to speak, or to talk about yourself or to talk about your, pro like, it's so hard to ask a writer to, to do all the flashy stuff. Right. And it is a collaboration. You know, like if I book you on a podcast, I do expect you to have some talking points, but I will help you with those. <laughs> no, no, you just sit there. You're like a little puppet. Like you'd be like, they'll have like a little <laughs> like be whispering to them like what they should say no yeah right. that's the thing is you look yeah. there's no getting away from that no you know, the way that the world is moving is online it is video right. it is having to do appearances it is showing up at bookstores it is i remember wally lamb do you know who wally lamb is yes yeah i love wally and i love he's the work come undone he yeah he's amazing <laughs> he's amazing so he tells this great story i got to meet him and talk talk with him for a while and he was telling me this story about how he um, had a book signing, like this was like before. And I think it's, yeah. he was still a little like famous at the time, but yeah. you know, Costco used to like sell books in bulk, right? Yeah. So he, he had a little table at Costco, like near the mayonnaise and the toilet paper or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Wally Lamb is sitting at a Costco and like nobody shows up. I'm like, what is happening? And he's mm -hmm. like, but yeah, like you gotta go out and like do the things, <laughs> like yeah. you gotta do it. You still have to do it, but the, the half, I think for, for people who are introverted and ambiverted, like, I think I'm also that I'm, I'm both right. Yes. Cause there are times where I can not talk to anybody for a while and I'm totally happy. But, um, I think what the part of it is, is the sales part of like pitching yourself. It's not actually showing up for the interview and talking about your craft or talking about your, your work. It's actually the pitch. And for me, I'm like, a people want to get emails from the publisher anyway. So why not have me be the, the pitch person I of like, it. I love hey, it so much. Yeah. I'm so excited. I think it's a beautiful blend and I think it's a really powerful solution to what's been, um, you know, missing in the writing world. And so, um, do you have any, have you, or of the three to the five, have you already accepted, um, like how many slots are like available? So for the intro, so I have two authors, um, mm -hmm. that are slotted and then I'm, I'm pacing. Cause the other thing is, and this is what I want everyone to hear really clearly, you know, books like Andres's right books, you're birthing this thing. And so if I have in my mind that I know the books that are coming out are going to be really like, it's going to be a lot of molding and a lot of like emotional work and a lot of like that stuff. Then I might say like, okay, three is good because I know the project, the pro because I want to deliver beautiful books. Right. And so I, right now I'm like, okay, it may just be three this year because yes. I know what's on the docket, but yes. also it could be that some of these books take three years because no book should be written in a weekend. Oh, yes, I, I always raise my hand because I get like really, I'm so over the bullshit stuff of write a book in a weekend, write your book mm. in six weeks, right? I'm like, yes, I, I want writers to hear what I'm saying right now. Yeah. If you're writing a how-to step-by-step -step 
build your brand, figure out your avatar. No, there's certain books. Like I always say, so my business coach, Bill Barron was asking me um, about my writing and he said, you know, KK, there's a book and the book. A book might be a 40 page e thing that you put yeah. together to talk about uh, whatever, right? Like how yeah. to get over like whatever. And he's <laughs> like, then there's the book. I'm like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm writing the book. Yeah. And it's, I've been doing this for like, I'm not kidding, like 20 years, right? Yeah. It's been like research and gathering, writing a book, in, unless it, it is just prescriptive or a, a quick shot or whatever. Yeah. Like you're saying this, these things might take like three years. So that, which leads me to another question. Yeah. Do you want to handhold and have a, um, you were talking about the molding part of it. Yeah. Would you ever consider taking a manuscript that's complete that you did yeah. not babysit or a handhold or, and I don't mean that in a negative way, like that you didn't yeah. help to doula or whatever birth into the world. I would love a completed manuscript. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that would be amazing, you know, and I think here's the thing, Karen, I think even with a completed manuscript, there are still layers, like unless that person has already, Did you know, revision. Yeah, had all done the revisions and like, they can show me the, the process they've gone through and like, there's still like, it's completed and now it's time for reading and the reading is so important because that's where, as a reader, I can look and say, this section is really powerful. Like, you might want to unpack this because it aligns later at the end of the book. Yeah, kick open the door. It, you know? And so I think, like, even if it is done, there's still going to be a, yeah, the a, first a draft, process. The first draft might be done. But the first I'm, just, yeah. I'm just trying to get really clear about yeah. the vision for Cardinal Moon Press because we haven't, I've like been dying to have this conversation. Yeah. So I'm kind of geeking out. I'm really excited about it. So here's a question you may or may not want to answer. So it's, <laughs> I always give people, I'll say, I'm going to ask a question. You get to say yes or no. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here also as an entrepreneur, as a business person going, so um, how, how are you, let's say you got these three authors or whatever it is, yeah. three to five books, and they're taking a year to write it. They're taking whatever. <laughs> how is Alicia paying her fucking mortgage? Like how are yeah. you paying the bills on this? You got some side hustles going on? Yeah, this is an excellent question, Karen. So yeah. the other, this is something I had to really reconcile. I had to think about like, okay, so what is another issue that publishing houses are having? Yes. So like, yeah, they have to take on all these writers because they need to make money and la, 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 la. And usually, let's say, there's the big kahuna, right? So Stephen right. King, Stephen King's one of my guys. Yeah. He is basically helping that publishing house, like, fund the, a lot of the other writers, right? Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> he's, he's keeping the lights on in some places. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> um, oh, my God. All the publishers of the world are going to be like, we don't like this girl. Um, so. No, no, no. But you are necessary right now. This is why I'm so excited that you saw a problem and you were inspired, inspired in spirit. I always say it, it, the, the word inspire means like originally inspire, or inspire, like to inhale, to breathe in, to in spirit. You have been infused to take this action and enthusiasm, enthusiastically, and Theos, in the spirit of Theos, God, in the spirit of God, you have created this company which is so exciting. So let them, let them be a little afraid of you. Let them not like you. I love it. So what I had to reconcile was like, 
if I want to treat my authors in the way that I want to treat them, meaning I am supporting their process or if their process is almost done, I'm helping, you know, if I'm doing all of this for them, I don't want to, again, going back to sort of like Elizabeth Gilbert saying, don't put the pressure on your writing to make the money, right? So like in that same vein, I'm thinking, how can I reconcile this? Well, the business portion, the sort of educational portion of this part is, I will be having writing retreats that people can come to. I will be offering separate mentoring, creative mentoring to help people write their book or help get their ideas out, right? Now you're, now, yeah, you're hitting my next line of questions, so I'm happy you're addressing this. Go ahead. Yeah, so while these people may not end up be writers with me, I will yeah. still be able to teach and educate how they can best go about it. I can inform them. If you, if you feel like you want to self-publish, here's the best way to go about it. Here's what you're going to do. Here are names of editors. Here are names of designers. Like Awesome. So you're going to be an, also an incredible resource and you're yeah. creating, I know you're doing, when's your next retreat? It's in two, 2020. When is it? It's in March of 2020. It's going to be in Maine? It's in Camden, Maine. And it's very exciting. I'm so excited. It's two and a half days. It's in Camden, Maine. You get your own room at a bed and breakfast. It's all about writing and being in tune with the sort of process and the creative process. You'll get feedback. You'll be able to talk with other writers. And also, it, it really, writing, can, such beauty can happen when you're in community with other writers. I 100% agree. You take away so much after having discussions and then you go home from this and you're like typing, typing, typing. Cause you're like, I see now where I need to well, go. The fire also is lit and you feel yeah. like you've just been with your people. Yeah. And yeah. so that's very inspirational. So two things off of that is tell them how, cause I know you have a, a newsletter that goes out and that's how they can find out about when you're having these retreats. So you do yeah. like, you do like, you're always like, you know, the moon, poetry, writing, the rituals, whatever. So yeah. tell them how they get on the list to know um, more about how to sign up for that. Well, they can go directly to cardinalmoonpress.com okay. and you can either sign up at the bottom of the page. You can sign up um, to join the newsletter directly, or you can just contact me and let me know you'd like to be added to the list. And, yeah, those and all your information will be on the podcast page where how to get, you know, yeah. social media, so DM her or whatever. But you guys, cardinalmoonpress.com, no brainer. If when she was talking about that, some little, some little something and you bubbled up and it's like, Ooh, yes, you, yes, you go hit the button, fucking fill out the form. Just do it. Okay. Writers. I'm like, I always say at some point you just have to claim, you know, yeah. I'm a writer. You just have to claim it. Even if everybody else thinks you're crazy, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, you just like have to step into that, that I'm a writer. So you're going to be having these. And I love that you're going to be having these resources because one of the things I was like laughing about, and I mean this, I like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean this, but I kind of don't mean it, but I do, but I don't. It's like one of these things. So like, I'm laughing because I literally, well, a few months ago, I committed to this two year program yeah. with Pam Houston and stuff. And you know about this, Pam Houston, Samantha Dunn and Joshua Moore. And it's wicked exciting. And the way that it's designed is like, we have four different retreats over the two years. It's designed to get the draft done mm. for those of us. So each time we have a retreat, you have to show up with more pages, but, um, Part of it is the community, which is really important to go on this journey, having other people hear your manuscript and as it's developed, that hand holding that we're talking about. But it's also like, um, 
feet to the fire accountability, knowing you better show up with those pages. You paid the money, like you're doing this thing. But one of the things that happens is at the end, at the very last retreat, um, there's going to be agents and editors there who have already like read your manuscript. And if I do it right, meaning if I get my ass in gear and I finish my first draft soon, I can start to use the second year for revision. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, so there's a chance that maybe there's an editor or an agent who gets excited about my thing. But then all of a sudden it drops in my lab that my friend Leisha is like doing this thing. And I just start laughing. And I'm like, I don't know, Leisha, I might be knocking on your door. I would love it. In a couple of years saying, hey, you know, you want to, you want to give my manuscript a little gander. And I, but I was like, I didn't know if you were doing those services. So I'm really excited for people who maybe are already involved in other things to find out that you're going to be offering um, some yeah. of the other things you were mentioning. Yeah. And that's an, and that's a really important part because I see it as twofold, Karen. Like if I'm helping writers develop their craft and I'm reading more manuscripts and I'm learning more about, you know, sort of what's coming out and doing that, it makes me a better publisher. Mm -hmm. Like I want, I don't want to leave the teaching aspect of my work because it brings me so much joy to help people get their voice onto the page in a way that maybe they've never been able to before. Or if, if my feedback, cause I also believe in like really um, like this isn't going to be an MFA table where everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, the person, actually ripping each other a new asshole trying to prove who's the smartest that. in the room. Yeah. Like, but like I have done enough of this to be able to, to take a line and say, these are the questions I have as a reader, as I read this line, tell me more. And yes. nine times out of 10, what comes out of that is the thing that people remember from the story the most. It's the thing that unlocks even more from the writer. Right. And so not, I don't, I, I think like that was really something I had to reconcile. Like, can I do both? And then I was like, why not? Why not? Of course. It's like, yeah. yeah. And you'll, and you'll take your own temperature. Yeah. After this first year, like five was too much. It should have been three or, oh, right. I actually have a greater capacity because these guys are just still in draft stage or they're doing whatever. <laughs> so it's a great experiment. Like, I think it's really exciting. And as a gate, I don't, you know, I'm a gateless writing teacher. And so, yeah. we, you know, when, when I think about that feedback and what's possible when somebody is only focusing on what's hot and what's bright and what pops and where the genius is. And then the critical yeah. mind gets quiet. And then having somebody who loves you and loves your work and isn't trying to prove how smart they are, but they're trying to help you be genuine and authentic and yeah. go beneath, like you said, the line is written. And then you look at it and you're like, but what's really underneath this? And that's what right. a good a, a good editor is going to do. And somebody like you, you, it sounds like these writers are, Look at whoever you signed up. They're fucking lucky. <laughs> who's walking the most of the time? You're just sitting alone in a room. Like I, I'm like, yeah, I gotta get, I gotta show up in December with 75 pages. Yeah, get to work. But it's me with me. It's me with yeah. me in my room. So yeah, what you're doing is revolutionary in a way. And I know yeah. you have to go in like four minutes, but I just want to acknowledge that like what you're doing is really incredible and really powerful. And I think that. I'm just like, I hope you, uh, like I, I kind of laugh, I hope you trademark and copyright uh, what you're doing because yeah. people are going to start looking at this and going, oh, because I think having a press, it's just like, you know, I'm married to a professional musician. Having a label is kind of cool. Like being yeah. able, I always say this, if you're lucky enough to have been successful, 
whether it's, it's financially, spiritually, mentally, whatever the thing is, if you are able to take the elevator up, yeah. you had better send that sucker back down for the 100%. people are going up behind you. And I feel like that's what you're doing. I hope so. I, I do, Karen. I, I hope so. It, like, I know that, and this is the, I think like, I'm like looking up, like, what are you saying guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not strange into that. Like, I am just constantly like, just, okay, show me, show me, let me do this. It, because it brings, like, I just get warm and I get excited and I just know that like the world of books needs this. And, you know, and I, and I always think, I, I do have to say this, my children's publisher is incredible. They are incredible. And I won't publish children's books and I'll continue to publish my books with them because they are so forward thinking in the children's lit world. And so I always just like to say a shout out to them because they showed me that it is possible. What's possible? What's possible? Modern. Well, yeah. that was my other question. So just yeah. write it to Rita. How are we going to make sure that your own writing doesn't suffer as you help other people? Well, I think that's part of why I'm doing this MFA program because I am able to write just for myself. I don't have to worry now. Like, will I have a publishing house? Yes, I will. <laughs> well, that's, that's what's so great. And I love because, I mean, the whole point of an MFA is that you come out with the first draft. You come out with the manuscript. Right. Right. And so for me, I see this as embarking on a program where like, wonderful, I can write about whatever I want. I have zero pressure. I have zero expectations. I'm super excited. And the writing, Karen, it's just for me. I don't have to think about anything else. I can just write what I want, learn about it, do the things, and I can let go of everything else because the everything else is just being, it's, I'm doing it. I'm doing the publishing. So well, that's the thing. I don't like, I'm like, stop putting the, like I see people at writers conferences and they've gotten like 10 pages written and they're worrying about who their agent's going to be. I'm like, yeah, right. Whenever I ask like my friends, like Ann Hood and Laura Lippman and Andre yeah. DeBuse and like all these people. And I'm like, so what's the thing? They're like, sit your ass down and write a really good fucking story. Yes. Sit your ass down and write a good book. Yeah. Don't worry about that stuff yet. Yeah. No. The key thing is get the writing done. Yeah. And Danny Shapiro, who you also yes. know, it, she is one of my teachers. And she always says that too. Of like, she had said to me, she, it was the best piece of advice she and I were talking. And she goes, this is such a beautiful time for you as a writer. Cause you're just getting to write what you want. Like yes. you just get to do what you want. And, yes. and I really took that to heart and I, you know, and I finished this poetry manuscript a few months ago and I just was so happy. Yay! And I was so happy that I finished it. And then it was like so freeing because I was like, well, it's whatever done. Needs, it's well, done. Part, part of it for me is don't get me wrong. Like I, when you say I just write for me, I'm like, yes, a hundred percent true. Yeah. And my dream since I was a kid is like, I yeah. want to have a best-selling book. Like I want yeah. Yeah. traditional pop like I want to do it I want the book made into a movie like that's my big, big <laughs> I love it dream I'm like yeah I want to do it old school whatever yeah but I think it's amazing that like um so I do but I also understand like look I always say a book has a life of its own mm -hmm. it has its own plan and it has its own dharma and comma and it's gonna yeah. go and do what it's supposed to do yeah. my job is to be the conduit that it comes through yeah to, to shepherd it into the world yep and then spiritual teams on the job yeah. But 
how good it feels for us writers to know that a you and a cardinal moon press now exists in the world and it's mm. so exciting and it's so beautiful and i know you have to go so i'm gonna just give you an opportunity if there's any final thing that you want to say any invitation that you want to make or any final things before you you hop off but i just want to say congratulations i'm wicked excited thank for you i'm you. wicked proud for you and i cannot wait i know we're both speaking at, at, at um something soon together yes. uh, i'll get to see you face to face very shortly which i'm really yeah. excited about and i'll give you a big hug then but is there any final padding anything that you want to say to the listeners um this is what i would say reach out, sign up for the newsletter list. The newsletters, the newsletter list is where it's at. It's where everything happens. Like I am on Instagram at Lisa Morelli. You can follow me there. But like, if you really want to get in touch and to interact with me, email, like I'm a writer guys. I love yeah. to write a letter. <laughs> Right. Karen's gotten emails from me. She knows. Like I take I That's how you and I tend to communicate. Right. It's right. Not like we write to each other. Yeah. Know? Contact me over at cardinalmoonpress.com and let's start the conversation. And I think that Karen, I just want to say to you how grateful I am to be here today. Like talking with you just has solidified so much in my heart today. I just, I'm really, really grateful for this invitation. I'm really grateful to be here. You have just such a way of infusing so much goodness into an idea and to just like help us all move forward with like total confidence. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, yeah, I think what it is, you're so welcome. And it is my pleasure. And I just feel like, um, when the divine is calling, we have to say yes. And it's easier to say yes when other people believe in us. And, yeah. and I know who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen. Mm -hmm. So I want to cheerlead that and support that as I try to do with, with all my brilliant and creative genius friends. It's, and especially this, like writing, like you and I are talked about like how writers are a particular breed and we, we need, I mean, we do, we need each other. Like we yeah. need to like hang out with other writers or you get weird. And yeah. I tend to spend a lot of time in like the coaching like world. And I'm just like, so like once a year, I make sure I go away to like an eight day writing car. Like I gotta go be with my people, you know, get right. fresh. So now, now we have each other too. So I'm really excited about what's happening and what's possible and what it means. And the fact that you're doing it here on the East coast, like close to me, like, you know, so I'm going to, you need, if you need support, you need some cheerleading, you just call me sister. I've got your back. Cause I believe in you and I believe in what you're doing. And I know, I know the power of books to change lives. And so I'm behind it and I, and I love it. So thank you for thank saying you. yes and being brave enough to do it. Thank you. Thank All you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, look, I love you. I see you. I celebrate you wherever you go. May you be a blessing. Leave the people, the places uh, better than, than how you found them. And thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. I appreciate Thanks, you. Karen. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. 
And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.